church that God blesses is a special place where all believers are commissioned and called by God to serve. We're here to complete His mission. That's absolutely our responsibility. We're not here just to observe. We're not here just to encounter Him and find Him and prepare ourselves for eternity. No, we've got a mission and a responsibility. Matthew 28 makes it very plain. The Great Commission was not given to ministers or missionaries. It was given to all people. Every believer has a responsibility to go therefore and make disciples in all nations. It's the reason that we send out missionaries around the world. It's the reason we have missionaries here in North America. It's the reason we have Gideons that are putting Bibles out all over to reach people in every corner of this world and to not let anyone be neglected or overlooked because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing you'll ever encounter that will change your life forever. And it's important for us to do that and to follow in His footsteps. Completing the mission of Christ is our responsibility. And the church God blesses is the one that finds that out, equips its members, and produces literally an army of saints that are willing to go forth and share the gospel. Now the greatest mission field you'll ever walk on is where you work, study, or live. That's what you're called to do wherever you are. I was amazed many years ago when a dear friend of mine who'd finished seminary was praying about where God would send him to preach. And he was very quickly reminded that where you're standing is where you live out the gospel. Begin where you are and then allow God to guide you wherever you will go. Whether you're in ministry as a calling or you're a minister because you answered a call or you answered the call of a nominating committee in a church to go into that Sunday school class or into that discipleship training program or into that summer missions project or away on vacation Bible school. Wherever you're called, that's where you work and that's where you serve. And God wants us to follow in those footsteps. Many times we don't feel blessed in life and we feel like something is lacking, and it's simply because we've not taken that step. Because God has called us to serve in an immaculate, in a powerful, in a remarkable way. And there are people out there waiting to hear the good news from you. And only you can share that with them. Now I want to think this morning for a little bit about the church that God blesses. And I want to look at that as we launch forward in looking for a number of weeks at the church that God will bless and how He can bless us more so than ever before if we become the active church that we need to be. Now I'll tell you this, uh, you don't become the church that God blesses by simply hanging around occasionally. I remind you that it was not a suggestion by Jesus, it was a command, forsake not the assembling together of yourselves. There's something that we gain and we gather when we come together. There's a purpose, there's a strength, there's a direction. People that go to church on a regular basis are not people who are just bored with life and have nothing else to do. They're sometimes the busiest people in your community. But they're also people that understand that the calling of Christ Jesus upon them is more significant than any other calling they've ever had. And without that in their life, they cannot fulfill their destiny as a husband or wife, as a brother or sister, as a parent or grandparent or child. 
without fulfilling the destiny they're called to. So I'm going to look at that this morning and think about that for a few moments. And the first thing I'd like to bring up to you is simply this. The church that God blesses will fulfill its destiny. You won't get halfway there, part of the way there. You'll fulfill that in your lifetime. And amazingly, God will judge you not for what you thought about or what you dreamed upon or what you projected in your early days, but what you do. Your destiny is what you'll be judged for. Do not get this mixed up with the finished work of Christ on the cross. No, he completed on the cross something we could never do. He gave us salvation. You're not serving him because you want to get to heaven. You're serving him because your way to heaven has been purchased. And you are locked into a love relationship with him. You share with others because someone shared with you. And your life was changed because of that. And and in that changing, in that process of growing, that sanctification, you're growing closer to Him and you naturally have to share with someone. One of the hardest things to ever hide is when you're in love with someone. People know it. They recognize the difference in you. And eventually you'll be talking about that person and they'll realize what's going on. Well, it's the same way in your love relationship with Christ. If you truly love him and you know how much he's loved you, you're going to tell others about him. It is a natural outgrowth of being a Christian. You will not hide that in any fashion. You'll fulfill your destiny in every way. The church and all its believers are commissioned to share the truth of the gospel. Matthew 28 is, is literally your orders to go forward. The church is the only cooperative society in the world that exists for the benefits of its non-members. Think about that. For many years, I served with an organization uh, that we promoted our members, and and the organization was called Toastmasters International. We taught people how to do public speaking, how to stand up and not to be afraid. I, I, I got involved with Toastmasters because I had a horrible stuttering problem as a child. It persisted and stayed with me into my young adulthood. And I wanted to find a way to overcome that, and God took it away, but also I studied and a way to get rid of that with Toastmaster Society. And many great people have been involved with that organization. That organization existed to help its members, just like most organizations do, not the church. We're launching out toward those who are not a part of the church to reach them, to let them know the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many times the church gets confused I mean the members in the church, will get confused and they think that somehow what they're called to do is to simply be a a body that just simply loves on itself and fellowships and enjoys itself. And that's good to do. But that is not the primary purpose of the church. We do a lot of fellowshipping. We do a lot of times together and we love each other and and we we do that well and, and I've encouraged that in the church. I've got... Kitty Cosby's down here on the second row. This is the nearest she'll ever get to this pulpit ever. But Kitty has one of the most remarkable ministries. And I'll say it's a ministry because, Kitty, we didn't hire you to do that. She was hired to work in the office. She created and carved out her own ministry with the senior adults. If you're a senior adult in this church and you've enjoyed the ministry she has, lift your hand. Look at this, Kitty. Look at the difference you've made. Thank you. That is what I'm talking about. That is the purpose of the church. We find the place to serve and we fulfill that destiny. We reach those people. We draw people in from the outside in. And it's so important for us to do that. God wants us to be challenged in that way. 
You know, Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And therefore, if we're following Him, we will do the same thing. He's passed on to the church that same responsibility. Many Christians today don't understand their mission or their purpose. They come to church out of the social function of church, and, and they're loved into that circle. But then at some point, you turn and you look outward. And you understand God has given you gifts and abilities and traits. And you need to follow those and use those to your fullest to fulfill your destiny. Do you come to the church for what you can get or do you come for what you can give? That's really the question I'm asking this morning. Some people come to church because they get a, a community and fellowship and they, they get enlightenment and direction. They, they, they come to their Sunday school class because it's inspiration and it's people that love them. But at some point, with all that we're given, we have to turn our direction outward and to give. And God wants us to do that. If someone asks you today, what are you doing with your life? What is your purpose in life? What would you say that is? Is it to work toward retirement? Is it a goal in having a, a summer home or a place on the beach or a house at the lake? Is it to have a comfortable retirement? Those are all good things to aim for, but that is not your purpose in life because that will not give you a purpose. That will give you something to do for a while, but it won't give you the fulfilling nature of serving the living God. We must serve Him in some fashion. Would your answer be, and I hope it would be, I'm helping the Lord Jesus Christ finish the work He started. I'm a part of the unfolding work of Christ here in Selma, Alabama. The need has yet to be met. The city is in dire condition. We have a hundred churches within the city limits of Selma, yet very few of them are even open this morning. Many of them have less than ten people there, and yet the gospel may not be shared in less than five percent of them. We have to be busy about doing his work. Acts 20, 24, we see that Paul understood the mission and the importance of his mission when he said, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given unto me. That's what we're called to do today in a realistic way. Secondly, the church that God blesses is powerful. We don't go forth in our own energy. If we did, we'd be exhausted. There's no way we could do everything we need to do. But in verse 8 it says you will receive power. And that power is real. It gives you the strength to get up when the night before you just didn't have the energy. It gives you the inspiration when you feel like you're at the end of your rope. It gives you the direction when you're absolutely and totally lost in where you're going. It begins by something as simple as stepping forward and saying, I can do that. I'm so inspired and encouraged when I see people come into the life of the church and, and want to do something. And that's important. Uh, we, we've got to do that. Uh, David Revere, one of the first things he asked him, what can I do around the church? I want to be a part of that. And we put him on probably the most, <laughs> deacons forgive me, the most enjoyable thing you'll ever get on, that golf cart. I hate that thing. But it serves a purpose. And he began on the golf cart riding that. Shane Ogle asked me the other day as we were having a meal together, what can I do in the church? How can I serve? 
We have to have our sense of destiny imprinted before our eyes because God has called us for something that is magnanimous and magnificent to do for Him. We're not spectators. We're not called just to sit and observe and give opinions. We're called to do something greater than that. In Greenfield Village, Detroit, Michigan, there is a museum there that contains a giant steam locomotive. I've seen it before. It's, it's, it's marvelous. I grew up around trains. My, my mother's family all worked for Southern Railroad. Many of them were engineers, and, and I spent many times riding the Nancy Hanks, the train that at one point went from Atlanta to Savannah, and then at another time went from Atlanta all the way to New Orleans. I love to ride on steam locomotives. They're all just about gone now. But that locomotive is amazing. They've got a, a, a plaque in front of it because in its day, it was a cutting-edge piece of machinery. Very complicated, very detailed. But the sad thing about it as you read it is this. It says, at the very bottom, it says, 96% of the power generated by this locomotive was used to move just the locomotive. 4% was used to pull what it was towing. Now, here's the sad truth. The church can become like that. We can spend 96% of our energy just doing church and never get outside to touch the lives of others. And that is so important for us to do. He will give you the power to do that. It's not within your own strength to do it. He will give you that power to make that difference. But lastly, I want you to realize this. The church that God blesses, we have time constraints. We don't have forever to fulfill our destiny. Each of us are given a length of time to serve Him. And we'll be judged for that time. It's called our life. At the end of our life, if, if everything is, is neat and proper and in place, and, and we've leave, lived a, a clean and decent life and everything like that, we can get to heaven and receive nothing if we refuse to give out the hope of the gospel to someone if we choose just to be a spectator Christian and not a participant, we will get to heaven and there will be nothing we can offer the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I've told you before, I can remember as, as a little child growing up with my twin brother, and my mother would always prepare us for parties we were invited to. Do you all remember going to birthday parties that friends had? Uh, we, had a, we had a neighbor, we especially loved to go to their house because they had a pool. And their son's birthday was in July. What better situation could you have? But my mother would always make sure that we had the right gift to take to that present. And she would kind of check around to see what that child was looking for. We'd do that. Imagine getting to heaven and having no gift to lay at the feet of Jesus. When he's given you everything. To stand before him and realize you've wasted your entire life on yourself on creature comforts, on just taking care of those round about you. The reality is here, and the truth has already been registered, that the worst thing you can do for your children is to give them everything. Can I get an amen from some moms and dads? The worst thing you can do is give them everything because it's in, it's in the, the, the toiling and, and the, the working and the sweating and the praying that you mature. But our generation, we want to free our children from any stresses. We've created kids that are still kids as adults. 
God wants us. He wants us to struggle. But He wants us in adulthood to be parents that continue to give to His kingdom and reach out to those who are lost. If all you do in life is take care of your children and your circle, you've not won anything for the kingdom. You've made your children blessed in one way and maybe cursed in another. Because once you're gone, what are they going to do? But you are called to reach others for Christ. Some of the greatest people that ever served the Lord were in their latter years of service. I remind you that when Moses walked before the Pharaoh to call a people out for the name of God to go forward and to cross that river and move through that dangerous desert, he was 80 years old. 80 years old. If that happened today, they'd probably look up and say, well, I'm retired, I can't do that. Reality for the Christian, there's only one retirement. It's not here on earth. It's with our Lord. There are time uh, constraints on what we're to do. Why do you stand here looking in the sky, the, the two angels said? Why are you looking around at Jesus as He goes up? Because this same Jesus is coming back. What the angels were saying was basically this. Get busy. Time is short. Don't stand around just gawking. Get busy. The kingdom of God is at hand. The world is getting darker. You can sit at home and watch TV all you want. You can become more and more frightened of, of what's happening. You can be manipulated by the, the circumstances and the situation. Or you can realize that the real power is with God, not in this world. This world is guided by frustration and confusion. This world no longer follows the standard that God laid forth for us. We live in a world that does not understand right and wrong. They don't understand good and bad. They don't understand evil and righteousness. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in heaven or hell. They think they make everything and then go out there and listen to what they say and see if it makes sense to you. America the most powerful nation on earth, the most blessed nation that's existed, is lost in total confusion, all because it separated itself from God and His Word. They're lost. That's why what we do today is more important than ever. That's why the church God blesses must be the church that's moving forward today. And that's why what you do is so significant. I'm not hammering away at this simply because I, I need something to say. I'm speaking the truth of the gospel to you. And one day you'll stand before God. And they're not going to ask if you dress nicely in church or, or if you contributed when there were needs. No. There's one question will be asked of you. What did you do with the name of my son Jesus? And did you make a difference in your part of the world? That's what will be asked. And on the basis of that, your eternity will be determined as far as your position to the kingdom and to the throne of God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on the back row. I don't want to be in, in the, as they call it, the nosebleed section in, in, in the stadium. I want to be near the throne. I want to be obedient. 
I want to reach people that are lost and broken and who are looking for hope and, to, and for help because they're still out there. I pray that you will help us together become the church that God blesses. Because in doing that, eternally, you'll be blessed. Let us pray. Father, I thank you so much that in this world of so much communication and so many things being said, that there's only one voice we really need to listen to, and that is the voice of your Holy Spirit. May we listen intently today, and may we understand the importance of doing what we've been called to do. Not what people are doing, not following the crowd. No, Lord, we may have to stand alone in serving you, but I pray that we will do that, and we will be beneficial in that in every way. I pray that this morning that we can trust you and obey you in a realistic way by leaving here changed people, and that we can one by one person by person, make this the church that God blesses because we'll become the church that's fulfilling your destiny. Father, speak to someone this morning that has a decision to make in their heart and in their life. And may they be faithful and may they follow through as your Holy Spirit guides. For I pray this in your holy name, Lord. Amen.